Welcome to Manager Tools. Don't vote. How to get group input on decisions. Part one. Here we go. This cast answers these questions. What's the best way to get input during my meetings? Should I take votes on topics during meetings? How can I encourage everyone to comment during meetings? Well, if you want answers to these questions and more, keep on listening. This week's guidance is brought to you by our Effective Manager Conference. Our guidance is about getting input from your directs, and the best way to do that is to get to know your directs and create a performance-driven culture. You can learn how to do that as well as how to give feedback and coach and delegate at our Effective Manager Conference. Over 100 every year all across the U.S. and overseas. Come see us and learn how to implement the Manager Tools Trinity. I find meetings interesting in terms of how managers do it, particularly when trying to get input on decisions. And too many managers, in my experience, they seek consensus or they just squash all input or they ask for votes right, when seeking input on decisions and meetings. And ultimately, what we want is a decision that's going to be implemented effectively and how you get there is important. Yeah. And voting is dumb. It's the dumbest of the dumb. It's a special category of dumbness. We have five pieces of guidance this week. First of all, don't vote. We're going to crush that bad idea like a grape. Don't seek consensus, despite what you may have been told, despite the, what your executives say they do. What you do is ask for individual recommendations. Your input as the manager comes last. And here's a surprise to, according to a bunch of managers I talked to recently, there is no need for you to make the decision during the meeting where you receive input on recommendations. You can separate the two. Okay, so let's get to the, the the first one because I don't I don't know that we ever crushed anything like a grape before. So that's that sounds, oh, so that sounds pretty violent. I know. I, I think that's wrong. Ideas should be crushed. I mean, I, come on. If I'm a young manager, I don't know what I'm doing, and I hear I hear, for instance, we should manage millennials differently. No, we should manage Asians differently. We should manage women differently. Oh no, it's all about the team. No, these things are all bad ideas, and they're wrong. And so, yeah, okay, one more to crush. Yeah, voting. Now, look, we understand why people vote because it's a process for making a decision that's. Well understood. Everyone understands it. It's well regarded in the systems that are intended to provide a process of voting. But the classic mistake that managers make when asking for input on a decision is to take a vote. Folks, voting is not an effective process for modern organizational decision-making, period. Yeah, voting is a well-known, well-regarded decision-making process. Yes, no question. Thank God for voting, for the ability of democracy, if you will. And look, it makes sense. Its primary appeal is that voting is the ultimately inclusive decision process. And inclusion is such a popular word right now. There's lots of press about inclusion in the workplace. So therefore, inclusion, decision-making process, let's vote, right? Let's get everyone involved. Let's hear from everyone. Folks, look, the idea of inclusion is great and, and therefore voting, but it's misapplied. It's like offering steak for dessert or a pair of shoes to serve as a hat for somebody. Voting is a wrong time, wrong place application when it comes to workplace decisions. And when people talk to me and they say, oh, I heard you say that before. I 
surprise, voting is so good. You know, we need live in a democracy. I said, no, we don't. You know, I'm talking to an American now, but it's true virtually all. We don't, we don't live in a democracy. In a true democracy, everyone votes on everything. What's fascinating about that is most modern democratic governments are actually republics. Meaning, no, really, not everyone votes on everything. We vote on people who get to make choices for us, which is interesting, which implies some sort of hierarchy of power, which, oh, by the way, <laughs> large organizations have, in case you're wondering. Look, inclusion alone doesn't make for good organization organizational decisions. It doesn't. I mean, we'd like to hear from people, but the idea that people are told your input will make a difference in this decision. It, my decision will change based on your input is ludicrous. Right. But you're not saying that we don't seek inclusion when it comes to soliciting input to those decisions. Of course not. Here's the subtlety. Voting is great when that's the way the system is set up, the political system in, organiz- you know, in democratic republics. But inclusion as an idea together with the decision process in organizations is the misapplication. Of course we want input. Holy Toledo, to have a manager, a leader who says to her team, I'm not going to listen to you. I mean, what are the chances that person is going to feel connected, trusted, valued, and so on? Not. And what's the first rule of behaviors for manager? Get to, managers, get to know your people. So to say I'm going to get to know my people, but I'm not going to ha- include their ideas, their thoughts, their, their creativity, their experience, their history on my decisions is, is, is to slap them in the face if you're telling them at the same time, I trust you, I care about you, I want to hear from you. And you're going to get worse decisions. Yeah, well, yeah. That's it's not effective uh, either. Right? Well, there is a small percentage of people who believe, well, if I get to make all my own decisions, by definition, my decisions will be better than anything because I wouldn't want to be slowed down by the stupid people who work for me. I wouldn't want to be working for that person yeah, I know. or be in that organization. <laughs> yeah. But let's not kid ourselves. That person exists. And of course, it's all built on fear. And uh, anyway. Inclusion is incredibly important for soliciting input. If Mike's my boss, I want Mike to include me with my ideas and thoughts on the things he does, particularly if he's going to make the decision, but I'm going to be involved in implementing it, okay? But voting on a decision as opposed to including input Voting on a decision as a process is antithetical to the nature, the structure, the purpose of organizational life. Right. As if we're all equal in an organization. Exactly. Um, voting is based on equality. And in terms of decisions and power and influence, guys, you can wish for it all you want, but organizational members are not equals. We're not. If that were the case, we'd be a re- democratic republic. Now, you might be thinking, well... Okay, Mark, I'm Mike, I get it, right? Uh, you know, I'm not going to ha- take a vote because voting implies that, right, votes count. Right. So you say, well, I'm going to have everybody vote, but then I'm going to make the decision. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. That's like a, a manager asking a direct a question, uh, you know, can I give you some feedback? And, then, and the director says, say no. no, and then you give it anyway. It's like, really? No, it's actually, it's almost the, you almost have it perfect. So I asked you if you, you feedback and you say no. It's not enough for me then to 
give the feedback. What I say after you say no is I say, Mike, I don't really think you understand what's happening here. So let me ask my question again. This is a yes, no question, of course, to which I just kind of know. And let's see if you can't come up with a different answer. That's the beauty of it, right? Let me just destroy the trust that we have. And then, by the way, give you some feedback, which in your head, you're basically thinking, go away, go away, go away, or something with much more choice words than that. And so I not only destroy trust, but you don't hear the feedback I wanted to give you anyway. So yeah, it's really, really, it's penny wise. It's it's penny foolish and pound foolish too. So look, guys, don't ever do that. The only thing worse than telling your team, we're going to vote and whoever wins the majority of the vote gets that decision will be implemented by us. My I mean, just saying that makes my skin crawl. There is one thing worse than that, though, is to say, hey, guys, we're going to vote, but then I'm going to do whatever I want and overrule the vote whenever I want as well. Guys, people know what voting means. They only vote when they believe their vote counts, that the majority wins, or that the rules applying to whatever percentage you need to get in order to win apply to their vote. When you apply voting this way, when you say, I'm going to take a vote, but then I'm going to make a decision, your people are not voting and they know it. What you're doing is actually confining people's choices and basically asking them for structured recommendations, but calling it voting and so confusing them. And then you're destroying trust as well. Are there any exceptions to this rule at all? Yeah. So uh, there are a couple of, there are a couple of caveats that are worth noting here that I think will be helpful for people. First, the exception that comes to mind most quickly is feel free to vote on things you don't care about much that also don't impact results. (laughs) So, you know, if it's unimportant, unrelated to your work, feel free to have votes. If you want your team to vote on the food at the party, the food at the party or where they're going to have lunch or a type of a social event to have on an offsite or whether to have a Cinco de Mayo theme, a Fourth of July scene theme, or a Bastille Day theme, or the type of cake for a birthday party, fine, fine, take a vote. That's not related to organizational imperatives. On the other hand, guys, hear me on this because some managers go to meetings and they hear CEOs taking votes. Folks, if your CEO ever asks for a vote on something, it means either that A, She wants to see who thinks what by forcing a vote, and the vote count won't matter anyway, or B, because she really just doesn't care about whatever's being voted on. Whereas if she cared, she'd say, I'm going to make the decision, and the decision is X or Y or Z. Well, there's there's one other possibility, dude. Or she already knows how everybody's going to vote, which is... In my experience, the most likely, right? Yes, exactly. Yes, a little bit of pre-wiring there about which there's a podcast, yeah. Guys, a couple other thoughts just before we move on from voting and go to consensus. If one of your directs makes a habit without you prompting with the idea that there's some voting going on, makes a habit of describing their recommendations to you as votes, for example, I vote X followed by their rationale, we recommend giving them negative feedback for that just because you don't want them subconsciously thinking that they're voting because they're not. And one more thing about voting. To apply voting amongst your team to your decisions as a manager, I can assure you folks, would appall the executives above you. It's the equivalent of allowing only one person to make all the decisions in a democracy. And that should appall most people who understand democratic thinking. 
So if one person got to make all the decisions in a democracy, that's the equivalent or the converse of everyone voting in a vertical organization. A senior executive would say, no, we gave you managerial authority so you could make the decisions. We're not against having you vote on trivial stuff, but on the important stuff, this is not a voting organization. This is a performance-driven organization. And some people aren't knowledgeable enough about the subtleties of the situation or the marketplace or the customer or the competition to know enough to cast a good vote. And we're not stupid enough to suggest that voting is a, an official process. And I remember, Mike, when the first sort of meeting software came out, one of the very first things they put into the software, it was when meeting clocks were invented, where everybody would come into the meeting and they put their name into the software for the meeting and the software connected to the HR system and so knew how much they were pay, getting paid. And so the clock would tick, not minutes or seconds, but dollars. And you would see how expensive meetings are. But then in addition, what they put in was voting software. And I can remember very clearly, I was in Nashville, Tennessee, great big American company, healthcare company. And uh, these managers were loving this stuff and they're doing all this voting and this EVP who I was working with says, what are you voting for? And they said, well, you got us this software. The software is really great. We thought that that was your way of saying you were supposed to vote. There's this way you click this clicker and it votes and it, it puts it on the screen and real pretty graphs about who voted for what or what the, you can either have individual vote shown uh, if you want a public ballot or you can have private ballot and just show the voting score who won and who lost kind of thing. And the EVP said, are you children? Have you never voted before as adults? And so you finally get to click a clicker to vote and you think this is a big deal? No, we don't vote. The fact that there's that tactic or that, that ability and the feature in the software doesn't imply we should use it. And everybody was just like, oh, we, we thought you wanted us to vote. No, I don't want you to vote. I want you to make decisions. Yeah, I tell you, that kind of assumption people make, I don't know, unintended consequences of decisions yeah, exactly. sometimes. It's like, oh, I didn't mean that. I think you've squashed the grape of voting. <laughs> you squashed I'd like it. to think so. It's dead. It's done. It's, uh, it's wine. Folks, please write me at customerservice at manager-tools.com if you disagree, and we'll be happy to discuss that with you. Okay, good. Yeah, send those to Mark. They, they, those yeah. will all go to Mark. They will not go to me. M.A. Horstman at manager-tools.com. That will also get to me. Well done. And I hope, folks, I hope you take him up on this because I, <laughs> I, I, I would. He's going to uh, rub it in. That should be fun. This is oh, like yeah. an over and under vote. What's the over and under vote? I 500? your inbox just gets <laughs> yeah. crammed with email. That would be awesome, folks. And you don't have to send me an email to tell me you did it. I don't, no, I don't I, I, no, I'll make it easy on you, Mike. I'll blind copy you on everyone. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, so let's, let's talk about, I think, is an, another popular decision-making process that is commonly misapplied in vertical organizations, and that is consensus, consensus building. Yeah. The biggest reason for consensus being misapplied is actually a misunderstanding of what consensus is. Consensus, in most people's mind, is mistakenly to believe, believe to imply that everyone is in agreement. And in a way, this misunderstanding of consensus has caused it to become a soft version of voting, a sort of no vote counted. We didn't count votes, but we have unanimity. In fact, I've heard people say, oh, it was consensus. You know, everyone said yes. That's not consensus, right? Consensus is not everyone agreeing. No. In fact, it's the absence of disagreement is consensus. It's, consensus means no one disagreeing strongly enough to justify stopping what the plurality or the majority thinks. Consensus is the absence of strong disagreement. 
And here's the thing. If you haven't schooled your team on what consensus is, you can literally set yourself up for one person believing, if they have the standard wrong definition of consensus, that one person has the ability to stop any action going forward until their interests are addressed. And if you have somebody who has a lot of experience, um, is perceived to be untouchable, knows somebody more senior, is in a critically important role, who also has not been told that there are two requirements for everybody in every job, which is get your job done and be a functioning, effective member of a team. And that person is a genius, say, at IT architecture. Ha, look at that. It just popped into my head. And he or she is, is struggles to get along with people and is irascible and difficult and so on. They could easily see this as, no, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not on board. There are three things that need to happen for me in order to be on board with this. And because you've said consensus is something you're going to do, when you realize that what he or she is asking for is significantly damaging to the implementation of, of your plan, that you simply overrule him or her, you've now said, I'm only going to do consensus when it's convenient for me or where he doesn't disagree. They actually will redouble their efforts. You'll have less and less satisfaction with them, with fellow team members and with you as well. And they may not talk very much, but they'll either start looking for another job or complain about you to the senior people whom, with whom they're friends. And unless you've really built great trusting relationships, it's possible with consensus that your process for soliciting input will reduce the effectiveness of your decision because your directs will disagree with you and will have disagreed publicly in a process that they believe gave their input significant enough weight that they could say, no, you can't go forward because consensus is sort of like a soft form of unanimity. So for consensus to work, you have to have people who are intelligent in decision-making processes to understand that consensus means the absence of strong disagreement. And so if I'm not on board with plan A, but I can understand why everybody else is on board with plan A. And I see there are concerns, but there are six other people on the team and they generally are in favor of it. They're all supporting it. Then what I do is I, in a way, count votes if we want to, we want to mix the two concepts. And I realize, yeah, okay, I'm not going to fall on my sword about this. I am not willing to say what you guys are doing is morally, ethically, somehow operationally disastrous. And because I don't have that level of disagreement, I say, okay. And now we have consensus. But it's not unanimous and it's not a vote and it's not everyone agreeing. It's just, I, do, I actually don't agree that this is the right plan. I just don't disagree strongly enough that my disagreement is enough that I get to stand like Horatio at the bridge and say, you shall not pass. And if you have somebody on the team who's not knowledgeable, and particularly, I hate to say it, if they're insecure, they're going to block your stuff regularly. And they're going to tell their friends, you know, we use consensus in voting and I can stop anything I want. All I have to do is stand up and beat my chest loud enough. And even if they don't, I mean, and I think this problem applies to both voting and this incorrect view or definition of what consensus is, is that if you remember that decisions are not just choices, but the implementation of that choice as well. Exactly. If you, yeah. if you mess this up using either of the two things we're recommending against, um, the chances are you might get a good choice out of it, maybe, but 
if it's implemented poorly, your decision was a good one. And, and these two methods really lead to that, right? It's not just a decision. You got to actually get it implemented. Yeah. Listen to what Mike said. If your implementation is poor, your decision was bad because a decision is a choice and the activity to implement the choice. Choices alone are cheap. People make choices all the time and change their mind. It's never it's do anything. Implementation. Right. Yeah. If you don't do it, you didn't make a decision. Oh, I've decided we're going to do X. And then X doesn't happen. Well, then you didn't decide because you actually have authority to create activity around your decision. And it's just not important. So therefore, you have to choose and implement both. And if the implementation is messed up, the decision is bad. And you, you could argue it was the right choice. Yeah. You don't get paid for choices. You get paid for decisions, which include implementation, which mean results in the marketplace or within our organization or sub-organization or whatever. So the choice being right is only half, and I would argue in most cases less than half of the battle. And if you choose the wrong process, the wrong decision support process, if you don't get good implementation, all the good choices in the world are wasted. Thanks, everyone. That's it for this week. We'll finish this one up next week. In the meantime, have a great one. So long. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want the how-tos of management wherever you are, check out the free Manager Tools mobile app. It's available on both iOS and Android devices. Go to the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and download the Manager Tools app. Just search for Manager Tools in the respective store or go to the Manager Tools website, www.manager-tools.com, and you'll find the links on the bottom of the homepage. Once you've installed the Manager Tools app, you'll have access to all the Manager Tools and Career Tools shows anytime, anywhere you want. With easy searching of podcasts by category, using the Map of the Universe, or using built-in search functions, it couldn't be easier. Additionally, if you're a Manager Tools personal licensee, you'll have easy access to all the show notes right from the app whenever you want. Go to the App Store and download the Manager Tools mobile app. You'll be happy you did. <laughs>